the smell of napalm in the morning. Like victory. Listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews. It's your host, Sam Boy, with me to discuss all things Neville and vampire slash zombies is Phony. How are you, Phony? It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Even after watching these movies? (laughs) No, yeah, that, that that was definitely a task. (laughs) <laughs> Let me just set the premise up very clearly, crystal clear. So, this episode is a full metal flashback. Um, we're going to be discussing three films. Um, uh, the Last Man on Earth, which came out in 1964 and is a black and white film starring Vincent Price. I Am Legend, which is essentially a remake, but also based on the same source material. Um, and... That thing came out in like 2000, I don't know, 10 or something. And then we got The Omega Man, which came out in 71, which is, um, again, a remake or rehash based on the same source material. Uh, and the source material is a book called I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. And it's a very simple premise. Last man on Earth trying to survive a post-apocalyptic world. It's meant to be a bit of a horror. Um, apparently, it was a, a part inspiration for Night of the Living Dead. I don't know. But it's also has some sci-fi elements, um, and is very much in the genre that we love of this sort of, you know, right in that B-grade cult status. That's that's the sweet spot that we like to discuss. Um, phones, I got a proposition for you. Go for it, mate. Let's maybe discuss the worst films first, <laughs> and then end on the Vincent Price one. So we'll go backwards. How about that? I don't want to end this podcast on a shit note. No, no, that's fine. I mean, it's just... Which one do you think is the worst I Am Legend? Uh Uh-huh, I Am Legend. Um, Yeah, look, I mean, I Am Legend came out in 2007 and... Oh, 2007. Yeah, 2007. And I watched it in 2007. Mm -hmm. um, And I haven't seen it since. I thought I actually owned a copy, but I... Don't. Oh wow! Um, you must really hate this film. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember why because I remember leaving the movie. I got iRobot out of all Will Smith movies. Who F knows why? But I remember leaving the movie and I was just a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't sold on it. Um, it's got a. It's got the highest rating of any of the three on IMDb. But again, that's all you know. Opinion. Um, it's obviously dated with CGI wise. We won't. Let's not get into the CGI stuff. Um, oh Jesus Christ! No, we have to. We have to discuss everything, everything about well, I Am Legend. Will, 
but yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. We'll discuss it. Let's discuss the CGI when you know we get to that point. But as far as just like, you know, the movie um, and and the quality and 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 that you know the film itself, the story and all that type of stuff, I just I don't know. Just just felt a bit flat. Maybe because it was I just watched the same story two times in a row in a matter of less than 48 hours and then I was on to the third rehash of the same story but um yeah it's just a it's just flat man it's like Will Smith was told be Will Smith but be Will Smith on antidepressants and on the verge of suicide because it was like he was trying to be the Fresh Prince in certain moments and then he was just flat the rest of the time which is fine because he's the last man on earth and he lost his family and all that type of stuff but it was like you can't... I found the biggest problem with that movie was they didn't know when was the right time for comedic relief and they wanted it to be way too dark. But then they were like, oh, just be the Fresh Prince here for me for a split second. That just ruined it for me. But anyway, interested in your thoughts. Similarly, I uh, first saw it when it came out. went to the movies to see it with Friend of the Podcast Age. Um, didn't like it. Thought it was boring. Thought the CGI was lame. I thought the monsters slash, I guess, the vampires were fucking hokey and terrible. Um, yeah, that, that's it. Hold on. That's just like, because they're all virus-based. We, we, we'll discuss it. But the first one made it clear they were vampires. The second one, uh, I guess, was like cult vampires. I don't know. What, what, what would you have said that these, like, what they were going for? Because I couldn't figure it out. So, um, so it was meant to be, I'm pretty sure 28 days later came out before it, right? And you know that, that movie was, had the, gave the concept of the fast moving, um, super, super zombie? Yeah, yeah, the, the guy's infected with the rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I think they were going similarly for that, but then, um, for whatever reason, they made the decision to swap the, the ghouls or the vampires to CGI characters. And, I just remember even fucking watching it back then it looked shit <laughs> and it looks shit really bad today but um, all through the lens of today but I mean what fundamentally I found to be the biggest problem with that film is it's fucking boring man <laughs> it is so slow paced the action is nonsensical because of the CGI and fundamentally you just don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck what happens to any of these characters. You're glad humanity's dead because you just fucking are bored of this whole, whole, whole movie and you just want it to be over with, to be honest. Um, Will Smith by himself, I find to be, as you said, he's like his own antidepressants and he gives a very subdued performance for the first 35 minutes when he's just going around fucking an empty New York but then he's like doing dumb shit like hunting for deer in a Mustang or something and it's like what are you doing and um I, I get <clears throat> I get the hunting for deer in the Mustang part why that makes um, no sense oh no because it's a Mustang and you gotta get your product placement in to make your money back because no one would be paying money to see this movie oh, oh, fair enough anyway <laughs> sorry that's just a bad joke the hype for this um, when it came out was real though everyone was looking forward to this film in 2007 yeah yeah they were they were um, I, I would say you actually you brought up something briefly, and it was like you know for the first you know half of the movie or whatever it's it's Will Smith, um, going around. I actually found that that was the most entertaining part of the movie, but 
and we'll talk about it with the other films, but that section of the last man on Earth being the actual last man in each of the movies was to me the most entertaining part. I found all three movies actually broke down as soon as they introduced more characters. And this movie here, I Am Legend, Will Smith all of a sudden breaks... His performance breaks down. It changes completely. He's quoting Shrek, you know, word by word. Mm. Um, and and he just, like, he was, you know, hinting at being crazy and stuff because he's talking to mannequins and acting out a whole scene. I mean, that's what I do normally anyway. How you going, Jeff? Sorry, I was just talking to my statue. Um, that's a joke, listeners. You can laugh. Um, <laughs> so... I just found that as soon as I introduced those characters, was there was a tonal shift. The tonal shift didn't match what they were intending for originally in that first, you know, that first forty minutes or so. Um, I guess that's not the two hours up here. I guess, but I don't understand what this film. What is? Is it a sci-fi? Is it a thriller? Is it a horror? I mean, like it, that stuff is is is, is interesting. For maybe 20 minutes, but 45 minutes in, and it's still like, fucking hurry up, get to the fucking, get this plot moving. Because the, the, I think they're called Dark Seekers, the director calls them Dark Seekers, right? They were actually originally people, and then he actually then made the decision to replace it with CGI. So, or whatever, because he didn't feel the makeup was good enough. But, I don't know, I just get the impression that Will Smith was, his character Neville in the other two films, Omega Man and The Last Man on Earth, Neville is a badass. He actually is actively going out to destroy these hives. He's not really looking to experiment on them. He's not really looking for a cure. He's actually just going out to fucking kill people, right? Correct, yeah. And that's the whole concept of I Am Legend. The I Am Legend is that um, that Will Smith, or Neville, sorry, is the actual monster, not the not the... Dark Seekers, because the Dark Seekers are kind of like what's left of humanity, and they're just trying to survive. And they got Will Smith hunting them at night or during the day, sorry. So then, then Neville becomes a legend between the Dark Seekers for like he's the boogeyman to the Dark Seekers. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And that's an interesting, very, very interesting concept uh, about humanity and about um, you know letting things trying to coexist, let things go, let the past die, whatever. But in this, he is a bit more compassionate and he's trying to, he captures them to cure them. And he, he obviously kills them because in that final scene, you see like there's like 30 or 40 of the patients that he's tried to cure. Um, and I feel like the ending in particular of how he just kind of, well, there's two endings to this. I saw the director's ending. I didn't realize I saw the director's ending, but the one where he dies, so I, think, I guess that's the original thoracic. Uh, that, that's a yeah, that's, that's a, the original a cinematic um, cinem- ending. Yeah, theatrical ending. Whatever. Um, I'm like, oh man, this is some fucking weak. It's just weak ass. That's not fitting of the character. It's fitting of the character of this movie, but it's not really fitting of the character in the book in the source material. But you know what? It's not even fitting of the character in this movie because the character in this movie showed that he was trying to cure him and he, and he found a cure. So what, what does he do? He, I mean, he does send the cure off and then mm. he just grabs a grenade and what runs head first into him and blows himself up. Like, I don't know. It just kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. But that other ending, um, the other one, that was the director's cut ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, 
to me, that actually made more sense, not just for Will Smith's character, but for the dead um, Night Seekers, or whatever you want to call them. Dark let's Seekers. Them, well, let's just call them the Thrill Seekers, to hmm. uh, quote a refer- wrestling <laughs> reference there. Um, so the Thrill Seekers had, you know, they started showing, as Will Smith even said, you know, that their basic instincts are changing. So one of them actually went out in daylight to try and save the, the one he captured. Um, and then they started showing a bit more human emotion um, throughout the movie. So to me, that ending, the director's cut ending, made mm. a lot more sense than the heroic explosion because it showed that, okay, there's there's more character development to these creatures other than just being, you know generic cgi monster hacks Mm. so i think that that would have been better to explore on and you know instead they just went for i don't even know what you call that it's not even to me it's not even a happy ending i mean you lose the only reason why people actually went to see the movie in the first place which was Mm. smith Mm. you know because at the time he was still a draw and you lose yeah it's just like blow yourself up man we can't think of anything else even though we have this better ending just blow yourself up i don't know um I, yeah, look, I totally agree with all that sentiment, so I don't really have much to add there but with that respect, but I feel that the rivalry between the two groups, or between Neville and the Darkseekers, wasn't even that well established. Um, I mean, it, they have that one scene at the beginning of the film where it turns to night, so what he does, he locks up his home. And they don't know where he lives, so that's that's a uh, deviation of the source material. But um, by locking up his home, he just sort of waits out the night and sort of blocks out their screams. So to me, I got the inference that he was just trying to survive them. He wasn't necessarily um, a combatant or, you know, um, trying to do anything that particularly... Like, he wasn't trying to wipe out the race or the species. Um, and I don't get it. I'm like, well, he stumbled across the hive and then once he stumbled across the hive, he captures it because he realizes he could then use it to do the the tests on. But I'm like, his motivation to find a cure is weird, but then I guess he's kind of optimistic and hasn't given up on humanity because he still goes to the dock every day and... eh, I don't know. I just found it weird. Like, he's playing golf on a jet and then he's going to a dock every day and then he's farming and then he's hunting for deer in a Mustang. I I, I feel like if you're in that scenario, you probably wouldn't be living in the city. You'd be living outside the city and you probably would perhaps maybe... um, Probably... I don't know. I just found it weird that... Because in the in the original in the other in the other movies, the whole reason why they're in the city still is because they're fucking taking on the vampires, or whatever they are, right? So that's why they haven't left yet because he hasn't they haven't found the master hive yet to wipe out. I just don't really I don't like I don't know. It just seems like his whole struggle there it seems a bit bizarre. Because well, he can't he wouldn't be able to move around like the traffic grids and uh, the traffic would be all you know all the cars everywhere. It's 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 bizarre. Like his his, his behaviours in this are a bit weird. They do touch on that. Um, 
you know, he, he kept saying that he can't leave because he's ground zero. That's his place. That's his, his responsibility. Yeah, but um, give me a break, man. But, yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. They did try. What I found was, you know, the movie was an hour and 40 minutes. Mm. I, felt, I felt every minute of it. But 100%. It looked like what they did was is a... Um, and by the way, this stream's on Stan, and the best part of any streaming services is the 10-second skip button. Mm. Thank God for that. Anyway... Um, I love you, 10 second skip. Um, what I found uh, was they seemed to want to cram like three hours of ideas in the mm-hmm. hour and 40 minutes and it was just like, thank God, they didn't go three hours, don't get me wrong, because that would have been torturous and I would have quit this podcast straight away, but um, the, you know, it was just like, okay, now he's, he's farming corn. Well, mm. You know, how did he farm corn? How did he find fertile soil? Why did he, get, you know, when did yep. he decide to do that? When did he run out of food? Um, in New York, of all places, you know? In, in New York, he seems to have plenty of food. Well, no, sorry, says, Manhattan, Manhattan, like oh, literally concrete central, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, as a veggie grower, I don't see how that's possible. But anyway. Well, like, um, you break the cement and then you have to go through the fucking subway and then, you, like, you know what I mean? Or you get the dirt from somewhere else. And even, if he, even if he found parklands, he was still have to water crop. And yeah. he was wearing a t-shirt, so there wouldn't be any, like, you know, normal... Anyway, look, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into the, the, the whole thematics of how hard it is. And it, but even though phones, what I understand is, like, the wildlife has taken over. So how long have has, has it been since D-Day? You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't have to be, like, 50 years almost. Like, no, wildlife doesn't fucking just roam free. Like, the, you know, the weeds wouldn't have just come up like that in the space of it, five years or six years. It would take ages, like ages for that much um, overgrowth. One could argue that, you know, like the lions and whatever were released from the zoo, but what I don't understand is that they would have been in captivity. Correct. If they, if they were in captivity and the people, like, what, someone's going to go to the zoo and go, be free, animals. No, they're dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, then, it, The lions are dead because they're not getting out of the cages. This is not going to happen. They're all dead. Like, so there's there's definitely a lot of stuff that you know. Here's the thing: when a movie is it's good, dumb, a lot of it was just like I reckon it was just cool ideas thrown to off on a board. Say, so, hey, wouldn't be cool right. if he did this? Wouldn't be cool if he did that? It'd be it'd be cool if he was in the city hunting deer and and a lion came out and ate it. Yeah, that is cool. Doesn't mean you got to put it on the fucking board without thought because when a movie's good, sometimes you can excuse plot holes like that. But when a movie is boring, it actually gets you thinking about the plot holes. It's just like, hold on a second, where is he finding all this ammunition? Like, he mm. would have to venture out pretty far to go get all this ammo. I mean, if it's been three years and he, sh- you know, shoots off widely, like, where, where is he getting all this stuff? Mm. You know, this um, power, electricity, you know? I oh, and he had that weird generator. Oh, okay, I didn't see the generator. Maybe that was in my tent. Well, that was for the water. Like, he had that water pump thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, well, uh, fresh water into the house, you know, he's bathing his dog. Like, you know, just things like that. And then, you know, I I don't know. It's just got you thinking too much, which is bad. You don't want a movie... You don't want a movie to make you think about how things happen. So you want it to have a quicker pace and be more engaging. It's just far too boring. Let's move on to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't recommend watching it, to be honest. The effects don't hold up. Um, no, the story isn't really that engaging. Um, nothing happens for the first 40 minutes. Then something kind of happens and nothing happens again for another 20 minutes and then there's an ending. And then like the last 
20 minutes, they introduce these characters. Um, they introduce these new characters, and they're there for half an hour mm. or, you know, 40 minutes, whatever. But the last 20 minutes of them um, is literally the last action sequence. Um, and it's like these characters just get thrown into it. There's no development. Like, I didn't feel anything for these characters because they just arrived. And then all of a sudden they're in danger, and it's like I don't care. Eat the you just killed like the best character in the movie, the dog. So you can kill mm. that kid and kill that you know that lady. I don't care. Like hurry mm. up, get it over and done with. I mean, the dog was used pretty smart. Like he had yes. a dog to sniff out the hive, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's just like weird. Like every animal had the disease, and it's like well, why doesn't the dog have the disease? <laughs> well, they said that um, animals, well, the dog couldn't well animals they mentioned can't catch it airborne so it would have to be transmitted yeah. through i'm guessing saliva or blood or whatever um you know but then that dog you just saw him licking like that's the other thing too i mean i know will smith was immune to it but wouldn't he still be a carrier i don't know look i don't want to get into it whatever anyway look long story short listeners um don't watch it Unless you're a Will Smith fan and you want to see him complain about bacon. If you want to see him complain about bacon, watch this movie. If not, there's two other movies that are much better to watch, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, yeah, it's just not... It's not really that... I love B-grade sci-fi, but this is like fucking... I don't know. It's just... It's just like... Mm, no thanks. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I think it was a big idea movie. I think it might have been done in the wrong time. I mean, two thousand and seven. You know, technology now like it, it's aged heaps because it just didn't have what we've got now. You know, maybe if they yeah held off for a little while longer, like another ten years, it might have been a better movie. But it's just it's yeah. slow pace. The, yeah. the CGI is really glaring. It takes a lot away. Um, yeah, I don't know. Moving on. Um, so I guess the second re- remake or reiteration of this story, uh, came from 1971, starred Charlton Heston, and I know what people are saying, oh, Charlton Heston's a piece of shit, put the politics aside, um, and his NRA policies and endorsements, focus on the film. For me, this is probably the best iteration of the I Am Legend novel, um, you have a very sort of uh, simple. It's just, it's a simple story. I, I, again, I'd say the ending of this is probably what kills it in terms of it's it stutters a bit, and the ending isn't very good. But the premise is very is pretty much the same thing. But instead of being set in New York, it's set in San Francisco. Um, Neville's supposedly the last man. He lives in a townhouse in San Francisco. He's not farming. He's not doing any of that shit. He runs diesel um, engines, uh, sorry, diesel generators that power his home. And he is batting, um, battling a uh, a cult of um, humans who have or who are losing their life to um, this virus. They haven't fully turned. Uh, well, not turned. Sorry, they haven't died. What they've done is they sort of like mutated into this, um, I guess, type of human that is really sensitive to light, but they still have cognitive thought. 
and they're still um, they're still pretty much human in every sense. But all they have is like the skin's gone really pale and anemic. The pupils have gone white. The hair has gone white. They can't stand sunlight, um, and they're being run by a sort of religious zealot slash cult leader called Matthias, who was a preacher before the world fell, and he's sort of had them do away with technology and be focused on like the you know old school sort of way of doing things of fire and I mean they I think they use a catapult at one stage and they use bow and arrows and spears. Um, because he said basically technology killed the world. Um, and, oh wait, was it set in San Francisco or was it set in LA? It could be set in LA, sorry. I may, maybe I got that wrong. And what we have in this, in this sort of movie is basically Neville is an active, and in an active war against this group. I don't think, I think they're called the family. Yeah, they're called the family. And, during the day, he hunts them. He looks for hives or where they or nests, as they I, th- I think he calls them, and he he's trying to exterminate them. Like basically, uh, he's a rat killer essentially. But at night, he has to get home to his his townhouse. He then he chucks on the lights so that they can't enter, and he basically kind of half-assed fights them at night, keeping them at bay. And because they don't, they can't use technology. They're not really apt at, at sort of taking him and getting him out of his home because of all the, you know, the generators pounding these really bright lights but it gets a bit hokey towards the end he finds a, a group of survivors um, he manages to come up with a, a cure for the virus um, but I don't know he gets sort of involved with a girl called Lisa and her brother and the younger brother and Lisa used to run with the family. And long story short, the family, he, the brother goes to seek the family to say, look, Neville's got a cure. You can all be cured. Uh, Matthias kills him. And then Neville, I don't know, Neville tries to take on the family. Um, but he loses, I don't know, his gum jams or something and he gets speared. Um, and in the morning, I know, sunlight comes up and the family disappears and then the survivors come to find Neville dead. And, but he's, uh, he's still got a, he's got some blood serum that can save humanity. It's very like, um, you know, the metaphoric about Jesus and his self-sacrifice. Very hokey ending. I'm not really explaining the plot too well, but, but basically what really drives this film is a couple of things. Charlton Heston is charismatic as Neville, the sole survivor. Uh, the immune survivor, humanity's last hope. He's an alpha male in, or I guess the Omega Man, um, who's basically his sole mission is to kill this family because they're just, he, they're just bizarre. They're a cult of plague victims and they're like basically albino mutants. And then on the other side, you've got this other alpha male called Matthias. He's leading this cult of mutants and he wants to take down Neville and it's a sort of epic battle between the two and then you know good stuff in shoes it is a bit long it's not too long but it's about 98 minutes it's a bit slow paced but that's the 70s um yeah and I feel like it's probably personally my favourite but to be honest it didn't at the time probably get a warm reception I don't think the author liked this version of 
his move of his book and yeah i mean it's not I, I i it's a very sort of seminal sort of piece of cinema for the genre 70 sci-fi but that's about it what are your thoughts on the film fans yeah um it was there why did you not like it <laughs> no i don't know look it if you can like Friday the 13th, you can like this. I it's like, the same. Actually, if you remember our podcast, I didn't like Friday the 13th. Mate. Um, look, I, it's not that I didn't like it. Um, okay, so uh, we talked about how the CGI was dated in um, the 2007 I Am Legend, right? And now we'll talk about um, The Last Man on Earth. <sighs> Um, next, and you know how you know time obviously dates everything. <clears throat> it's just this come comes out, and it's it's so seventies. Like it's just to, it's so distracting how seventies it is. Like from the pretty much the entire movie, right from start to finish, has this softcore porn seventies soundtrack blasting. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. The soundtrack's the terrible. Time. I will yeah. give you that, yeah. Yeah, and and I I just couldn't help. Like, it was so distracting, the soundtrack. Like, I, at one point, just, like, during an action sequence, I just turned the movie on mute because, you know, I, I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, I, yeah, I look, I mean, I thought that um, the Neville character, I thought Charlton Hessen was, was done very well. Um I'm not the biggest fan of, like, cult, zombie, albino freaks. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't really like cult. Um, I just, I don't know, I find the whole conception, uh, the idea of a cult, I just find hokey. Um, so I wasn't too thrilled when they ended up being, you know, not vampires and, you know, cult leaders and stuff that have this virus but this virus isn't really killing them like that's the other thing i didn't quite get so um yeah uh what uh, what do you mean like so the virus i thought this has the best explanation out of all three um that's fair yeah the explanation yes but i I feel like it didn't need an explanation well i mean it kind of like it says so basically set in the 70s um I think it's set... So it came out in 71, but I think it's set in 77. Basically, there was a uh, border conflict in um, between the Soviets and... Um, uh, I want to say China. And then the, they... The, uh, I don't know, full cell biological warfare was sort of launched, and that's what wiped out the human race. And Neville was a, a, a scientist for the army, and he actually injects himself with an experimental vaccine so i think in i am legend um basically it was a cure for cancer that went wrong or something and then that killed apparently nine percent 90 percent of the world's population um i mean I can't remember why Neville in that one in Iron Legend. I don't know why he's immune. I think he's just in Iron Legend. They just said he's immune, but yeah, they just said um, he's immune. But in Mega Man, he actually injects himself with the with the serum. Yeah, with the serum. But they they said that um, in Iron Legend that there was 
12 million people that were immune to the disease. So, um, and then... In the world. In the world, correct. Mm. Um, now, okay, yeah, all right, so and th- there was a reason, and you know what, I probably skipped over it, because um, I did have to skim watch it, and I did have to skim watch the last two movies, because just time constraints, but... Uh, and I did give this actually a good 40 minutes, so maybe I just missed it, but... Uh, like, okay, so they're still alive, right? They just can't go out in the sun. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, why do they have to go all crazy? Like, because they just got taken over by a cult leader? Is that pretty much it? Pretty much it. I mean... Yeah, see, I don't get... I don't like that. I don't like He that. was on the TV. He was actually on... So when they had what that flashback... What did he fucking do? You know who else is on the TV? Barney the Dinosaur. But, you know, you don't see a bunch of Barney cult guys running well, around. Well, no, I mean, we put it together, man. So the world's gone to shit. And this religious zealot is on TV sprouting religious yeah, propaganda. Fair, fair People would be like, oh, fuck. Like, he's probably speaking the truth. So then they, they mistake him for a prophet. And the logic of them hating um, technology makes a lot more sense because they're like saying technology ended the world. He's a man of technology. He's a man of science. Kill him. Um, oh, okay. So this was 5G before 5G was a thing. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and Neville fucking can't stand it because... He's saying you got to get these people organized. You got to get, you know, you got to get, you got to get humanity back on track. And being a man of science, he said, "We can do this. We can find a solution. We can find a cure. Um, I can get to my lab and do the work again." But he is frustrated by this psycho, Matthias, who's who he basically is a cult leader. So he needs to find the master hive in order to wipe him out. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Look, I guess I'm just not a <clears throat> my biggest fan of the um, cult leader stuff, and and as far as the film goes itself, you know, it was fairly solid. It's just that soundtrack, just. I mean, the ending is the dumbest shit of oh, all time. The, the ending, the ending. It, so last night I had to um, I had to watch most of it last night, and then just in case I couldn't watch the rest, I I, I Wikipedia the ending, and I was like, no, like reading it, I was like, no. No, that that can't be it, surely. And <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. So I mean, uh, I, forget, I keep forgetting his kid, the kid's name. She. Richie. Is it Richie? The the one that they save, and then he yeah, Richie. So Richie is turning. Um, so that's what they say. All the survivors eventually turn. Some some can last longer than others. So. Charlton Heston develops a serum that can save Richie. Then Richie's like, well, if you can do this for me, why can't you do it for the other members of the family? And then Charlton Heston's like, fuck them. They're the the, the worst. I hate them. I'm killing them. I'm not saving them. I'm killing them. And then Richie goes, no, you can't do that. So then he runs out to seek the family to tell them about the cure. But it doesn't work out like that. Um, Matthias kills Richie. And I think what happens is that they then attack his home again. Um, and Matthias has a gun, I think, because uh, at this point, I think he just wants to kill um, Neville. But there's a fight, but the gun jam- Neville's gun jams, so he can't kill Matthias. But then Matthias spears him with a spear, and he dies. <laughs> How shit was that? Like 
He's got the gun. He's got him in clear sight. Tries to pull the trigger. It jams. Matthias is like, looks down. Ooh, I got the spear. Picks it up, right? And that, mind you, they're like far away from each other, right? Mm. Not, you know, but like close enough to see. But that dude must be like a pole vault champion of the world or some shit because that spear, like, flew straight and went straight through. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, well, it's yeah. just that hokey bullshit. Um, shit editing, shit action that you got to take a lot of logic gaps to get to. Similar to like fucking um, the Night of the Living Dead. You know how that whole scene where they go outside in the farm and shit. He's yeah, just like, yeah. what? It's the same as this. It's like they 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 couldn't shoot the action quick enough because they didn't really have that quick edit style, and it was just too staged, too slow, too too too. Bleh. You know what I mean? It's not it's not good. It's not executed. I mean, in the seventies, I probably think it was probably too. Sh- it was too, too much of a shit sort of slow-paced editing. But even like even then, but even now, it looks terrible. But I like the first half of it. I think the first half of the film is quite entertaining. Well, um, the, the first half of all these movies are, are fine to me. I'm, I'm not going to say great because definitely I'm legend not great. But they were all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I don't know. It seems like they all go down downhill when they introduce <laughs> anyone else. Like. Mm. The leading, the leading men in these movies, and yes, even Will Smith is a good leading man when he, when he, you know, is not just going, don't eat my bacon. Um, mm. You know, when, when they, all these leading men have been good. You know, it's just, mm. I don't know. They seem to just, the story just doesn't work <laughs> when they start introducing more characters. The, the film quality, I, I think, goes down the drain. I think. What they have a problem with is that they don't define the mutants very well. Yes. Um, and they make creative decisions that kind of overplay their hand. So in this one, I feel like they're kind of a bit too underplayed, right? It's just pretty much people with wigs on and contact lenses and some bad makeup. Yeah. And they all got dark robes. And I'm like, well, where would they all get fucking dark robes from? And like... All the robes are perfect. Like they should be all sort of in scattered clothing. Um, the mutants should probably be. Um, I think they need to be animalistic for the horror component. I mean, so there are some scenes where the guys look a bit scary because the shadows and the sunglasses. They, they were they were way too human. I mean, yeah. it's just like talking to you know someone who hasn't been in the sun for a while. Like there was no threat yeah. to any of these guys. Well, I all. guess. Like all good sci-fi, it's metaphoric against you know the the sciences versus the fucking religion and how um, people get can get persuaded by religion and and sort of join cults because of whatever reasons they join cults for. Um, but yeah, and then whereas Iron Legend, they go too far the other way, like they go too animalistic, um, which I guess is like well. What are what is this enemy? Because then, we, if we jump to the, the last film, the Last Man on Earth, mm-hmm. they're kind of like the same deal as they're not like the vampires, but the zombies. Like they really are zombies. They're not really vampires at all. Yeah, um, yeah they are. They are pretty much zombies. But this was before Night of Living Dead, so you know, like, and and the and the only vampires you can go for um, would have been Dracula, would have been the Lugosi vampire. So you know you. It's like I want to suck your blood, or mm. you know what direction do they go? I, they, 
maybe it was a different take on mm. the vampire themselves, but they didn't have it. To me, there wasn't enough neck biting to be, you know, to be vampires. Mm. That's go. true. Um, I, 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 anyway, I personally think the Omega is probably the best out of the lot. So um, mm. that's 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 my uh, well, that's my take. Well, let's on that. Uh, let's jump on this uh, horse and start riding off into the sunset, and let's talk mm. about. The Last Man on Earth. All right, so this film came out in 1964, uh, black and white due to budget. Uh, it was a Italian production due to budget, shot in Italy. Uh, most of the cast is Italian except for Vincent Price. Most of the cast is dubbed in English except for Vincent Price. The scenes of the city themselves is kept left ambiguous because it's actually filmed in, I think, uh, I don't know what Italian city, but it's filmed in, filmed in Italy. And same premise, same, but I guess the difference being that this is probably the more, most authentic, um, yeah, I said the most authentic interpretation of the source material, I Am Legend. Um, so it has pretty much the same character, Neville. Neville is a sole survivor of a pandemic that has wiped out most of the human population. In this case, the remainder are called vampires. They are blood-sucking, they are pale-skinned, and they are nocturnal. Um, but they don't move like vampires. They move like zombies. Yeah. Uh, they have all the hokey bullshit. Um, like, they can't come into a home... Uh, garlic, mirrors, and crucifixes. They all hate that they, stuff. They, they can go into a home. They haven't because of mirrors and garlic oh. protecting the home. Oh, okay. That's even dumber. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and basically, it has a pretty simple concept. He's sort of... He's, he's battling depression and alcoholism Um but he's trying to find out more about the enemy, but he's definitely trying to kill the enemy. Like, he's mapping out zones of the city. He's trying to find out their hives. He's trying to look for, um, basically, any sort of source of where these people have come from because he wants to do experiments on incapacitated vampires in order to maybe create a cure or a cure or, or something. He believes... Um, I mean, it has a bit of science behind all, like, a bit of science behind the vampires. He reckons that this is like a bacteria that makes them sensitive to garlic and sunlight. They don't like mirrors because of hysterical blindness because of psychology, psychological conditioning. I don't know. He believes the, the disease mentally uh, causes mental... De- um, depreciation to the point where they go insane um excuse me and basically through a course of action he finds a a a terrified woman in broad daylight similar to the omega man oh that's actually one thing before i I forgot sorry i don't i don't mean to jump around omega man had the one of the first interracial kisses on film because lisa was african-american so that's pretty iconic and for that that gets a couple thumbs up for me get a crisp high well, five from me. Well, that's sci-fi is usually breaking barriers around around that sort of stuff, so that's why I love it. That's no, a very it's a very inclusive sort of um 
the genre. Anyway, back to this, back to the last man on earth. So, um, he, I don't know. I think he takes a blood sample from her. Is that right? Yeah, because he discovered that she is, um, she was a scientist or something as well. Um, mm. and they have a vaccine, um, because what, what he then discovered was, um, she was actually sent there to kill him because she is one of them, but they've got this vaccine that can keep him human for short periods of time, but then they start turning, mm. and then that's when he, 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 I don't know, knocked her out or whatever, and then cured her with his blood, and then realized that, yes, he, mm. he is the actual cure. Um, so, uh, I forget what your question was, but yeah, yeah, he does cure her, but um, the thing behind that is the reason why he cures her is because she's already infected um and he didn't realize that i guess i don't know mm. let's go back on mute for a bit <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then basically um ruth's people or group of humans um spot morgan and they exchange gunfire but it's not really It's not really clear why that happens. I don't understand that. Well, it, it happens. See, this is this is again. This is the same issue I got with all the movies. Right, it just drops in quality when more people are introduced. But what? Mm. So what it is is that um, I'll just get back on the IMDb page. So I have the names up. So Ruth is the random, you know, that he runs into. She is a vampire, but has the um, the serum, the, the vaccine, which allows her to be human for short periods of time, including her and a community of others that do the exact same thing. And what he has discovered through Ruth is that she was a spy uh, because he's a legend amongst all the vampires, whether they're, you know, able, what, willing and able to go human or not. So there's like two grades of vampires. You're the ones that actually do go human and the ones that just mm. say vampires. Um, so, um, he's a legend amongst all them, um, because he goes when they're sleeping and he, and he kills them. Mm. And he, she was saying that he has killed, um, you know, many of their friends and family, mm. um, and now they're going to kill him. And she mm. was sent to be a decoy to make him think that there was another person alive and find out, you know, where he lived and all that type of stuff. Um. The thing that doesn't make sense is they already knew where he lived because the vampires were always out his door actually yelling his name because the vampires could speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that doesn't make sense there is um, when they come, they kill the vampires that were already around the building anyway. So mm. if they're really pissed off with him for killing vampires, well, they're killing their own kind. So... Well, in the book, that's that's pretty much the same reason, and because she was sent in to sort of as a as a as a um, decoy, um, and um, yeah, that she he had killed too many of their friends and family, and they decided that yeah, now they got to fucking. Um, and, she, and she falls in love with him in like ten minutes. Yeah, that you know that's the other thing, and yeah. And in the book, they realize that he realizes that in this new society, he's the monster because he's the one going around killing everybody, and they're kind of trying to build on from the new world. Yeah. 
and uh, he's the bad man. Um, but uh, I mean, what did you? I mean, it is a bit hokey. Um, it is a bit shit in the sense of the graphics, not the graphics, the effects. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, it's 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 still watchable. I I, I mean, sixty four. So it is an old film. Um, I mean, Vincent Price. I'm not really a big Vincent Price fan. Um, I respect his work, but I'm not I'm not I'm not really into it. He does a good job. I mean, he has, still has his li- weird lisp and stuff, but he does a reasonable job as the, as as Mo- I think it's called Morgan and it's not Neville. It's funny. The, the so the writer Richard um, Matheson, um, mm. he he wanted to be recredited as Logan Swanson because he wasn't a fan of the screenplay, and he also felt that um, Vincent Price was um, miscast. Um, yeah, Vincent Price. Hey, I, I think he is miscast, but yes, yes. I f- still feel like he does he a does, decent no, enough no, no, job. He, he does a solid job. I think if he becomes miscast when you see his wife and his daughter um, and, you know, in those flashbacks and you're like, you don't fit in in, in this scene. But mm. uh, Vincent Price is a strong leading man and he carries a movie. It's, you know, his narration, his action to his narration, um, you know, that it makes it really interesting. Like, I, to me, I found more interesting in that movie was why you know, he wasn't grabbing all the garlic at this place as opposed to, you know, just grabbing it all and putting it all mm. over his house and, and yada, 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 like him talking through all that type of stuff. Um, I, I will agree that he was miscast. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and my Vincent Price impression is going to come in a minute, but he, um, when he sees Ruth, <laughs> he starts chasing her. And Vincent Price was a tall man. Um, you know, mm. an imposing figure, um, and he's chasing Ruth, and he's like, "Don't be afraid. Stop. Come back. Don't be afraid. I mm. won't hurt you. I won't hurt you." He looked like the biggest crazy motherfucker, <laughs> just chasing her. I was like, "Oh man!" Like, if yeah. I saw him running at me, going, "I won't hurt you. Don't be afraid. I'll be running, man." I would. I agree. Running. <laughs> <laughs> like he has a really weird effeminate voice but that it's not off-putting it's kind of unnerving you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah I know what you mean yeah I mean I, I like the like you said the opening of this film is pretty sweet man like he's like has that sort of mental sort of um uh dialogue yeah. um of how he's feeling and what he's doing and what his routine consists of yeah um and how he's um, sort of cleaning up his, um, I guess, area or neighborhood of bodies and shit. Yeah. Um, and his routine and finding... I mean, I just found the whole premise of garlic and, and mirrors to be the dumbest shit I've ever seen. But um, Yeah, but you got to remember, though, back then, like, you know, that was... That was the norm, you know? You know, if you want to fight a vampire, you get some garlic, you know? And... I'm sure if Omega Man explored the vampire thing a bit more, they would have done the exact same thing. Mm. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I, I... I liked it how they figured out, like, you know, the vampires, like, he's killed so many of their friends. Um, they probably could have beefed up that aspect of it because they kind of really don't... I mean, there is a bit of a montage of him staking people through the heart um, and he's just making stakes at home 
like that's all he's done is just making stakes after stakes after stakes or wooden stakes to to kill vampires um but i think what all of these movies suffer from perhaps the Mega Man is probably the best at it is how brutally violent morgan slash neville is meant to be against this new species of humans He's meant to be a fucking mean, tough son of a bitch. Like, he just kills indiscriminately and just, just fucking butchers them, right? He takes advantage of their weakness being that they can't really go out in daylight. And when they're asleep, he kills them. Like, he's the boogeyman. He's the fucking devil. He's the legend, right? So, I feel like they're all trying to make him make the main character too sympathetic and too, and too empathetic. Where I'm like, well... Yeah, I guess, but, but the slow burn of it, of it, I oh, like. You see, this last man, he's by himself. He lost his family. You feel a bit upset for him, you know. But you never really sort of, or to me anyway, sort of get that um, impression that he's sort of so detached, so sort of soured, so sort of. Um, uh, burnt by the world and the cards that he's been dealt that he just like kills indiscriminately you know what I mean I didn't get it from this version like I because he just because you think the vampires are zombies you don't think they're sentient because they don't act sentient yeah well that's because like they bombard us with that information in the last 20 minutes of the movie yeah and it you know like it, it was a, such a slow burn movie and then all of a sudden it was Ruth comes Ruth it, drops a whole bunch of dialogue and and Vincent Price um, his performance there was almost like he was in no hurry he's like no. no I can help you and and then they come and you know he's trying to convince them they can help him and then he goes a bit insane calling himself the last man on earth and he gets killed <laughs> on the altar mm. um, a lot of religious stuff happening in these movies yeah a lot um, of symbolism yeah yeah and you know it just it ended so quick and it was like it took you forever to get on top of that roller coaster. It took you forever to get up there. And then it was like, oh, let you go and you just fall off. Like, you know, but don't get me wrong. Uh, still, I watched it. I didn't hate it, you know. I didn't hate any of these, really. But, you know, I didn't hate this one. I thought it was all right. I actually watched it in color. I hate watching color. Uh, Prime. So, I mean, I do have the Blu-ray. And I think one of the features on the Blu-ray is... Um, the color version, but on Amazon Prime, uh, on Prime, whatever you want to call it, mm. it has um, two options. You can watch the black and white one, um, or you can watch the color one. So I hit the color one, put on the uh, treadmill, and away I went. Mm. Nice. I didn't know that. Because oh, oh, I watched it on Prime, I didn't know you could put on color. Yeah, I mean, it was just the next option underneath. So, I mean, just have to look. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking jerk. Um, uh-huh. what's okay? So, what's your favorite out of the three? I mean, look, I I put you through the ringer, asking you to watch three sci-fi films. Uh, um, right. but I figured Vincent Price would probably be your favorite, given you like Vincent Price, uh, right? Oh yeah, look, I I actually got to get more into. I, I like Vincent Price, but I never sixties horror. I never really got into. I, mm. I do want to watch a bit more sixties and before. Um, I'm more of like a late seventies, eighties early 90s horror fan mm. um uh 60s it's just a bit too like it was before it was when they were keeping everything pg um so it's just not really horrifying it's like 
I don't know, could comfortably get children to watch it. But yeah, um, um, well, I mean, there's a lot of shit in Prime. Um, oh yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got like a, the House on Haunted Hill. I've um, seen, I've seen that one, and that's another one where you know, like, it, it you could you could get a kid to watch it because it's got a happy ending. But um, is is it scary at all? No, no, no. No, no. Look, the thing with sixties horrors and and before they're not scary, and you know they they were scary at the time, I guess, but they're not scary now. Um, but they're designed to put the audience's mind at ease. So there's always something that I guess there's always an explanation, or like the house on haunted hill. Spoiler alert: mm. there's no ghost, right? <laughs> you know, so. Um, yeah, so the thing with those horrors is you've got to watch them. There's going to be a lot of talking. There's going to be a lot of explanation. Um, just like the thing from another world, right? It's a nonstop talk fest. Just yeah. like this podcast. They're going, going, going. Constantly dropping shit on you. So it's a lot of... Sh- you should be show, don't tell. They do a lot of tell, don't show. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So... But, you know, like, I do want to watch more. So, to answer your question, out of the three, which one I like the most? Um, I Am Legend, 2007. No. um, The last... Yeah, The Last Man on Earth. And I think the thing that let the Omega Man down is I did like the John Carpenter feel to the movie. Yeah. Um, But that soundtrack, man, I I know I shouldn't let something like a soundtrack stop me, but that was just... Nah, 70s has bad soundtracks. A lot of James Bond films have done... yeah. Yeah. Soundtracks. All right. Well, my I've already said my favorite in Mega Man. So it's a it's a pretty iconic genre. It 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 hasn't really been nailed. There's been a few sort of comedic uh, reimaginings, but uh, to me, it's it's interesting, it's interesting enough to warrant a watch. I would say if you have to watch one, watch the Mega Man. Um, for the reasons Anthony mentioned, I think the general viewer might struggle with the 60s black and white film made in Italy. And I think I Am Legend is just, just flat out too boring. Um, whereas you might get some sort of kitschy, sort of uh, campy, sort of feel-good vibes from Omega Man, um, especially with Lisa being the Afro queen. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's got yeah. all those sort of tropes. Um, with that, listeners, as always, you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Ant, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no worries, guys. And I hope everyone is uh, staying safe out there. And just remember, if you're going to be the last man on Earth, don't run into me, all right? That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Until next time. All right. Bye. See you later.